If you visit the capital of the greatest nation in the world, would you find God? Today on In Grace, join historian Andrew Phipps and me as we visit the sites and look for God's hand in American history. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and welcome to a very special and patriotic episode today here on In Grace. As we are the day before Independence Day, Monday, July 3rd, I thought it would be wonderful for us to reflect a little bit about God and his involvement in the foundation of this great country. Uh, we're getting away from that idea, from the understanding that God was integral in the founding of America. And most people today don't know about it. Many people don't want to talk about it or act like it doesn't exist. But God is literally etched into this nation. What we're going to do today and tomorrow is take you on a tour of Washington, D.C. And we're going to ask the question, can you find God in Washington, D.C. And today I'm going to be joined with my friend, historian Andrew Phipps. Andrew's an amazing man. I just love his voice. I wish I had a voice like his. But more than that, I love his knowledge of what the founding fathers said and what our presidents have said about the involvement of God in the foundation of America. So I think you'll be pleasantly surprised or maybe reinforce what you already know, that God was very much involved in the foundation of this country as we're celebrating our freedom again this week. We believe that you need to get some resources that will really help you understand how important it is that we get back to our foundation upon God. So we've got some great video series that I'd like to send to you. Number one is a video series called The Secret to America's Greatness, where I take my grandkids on a quest to try to find the secret to this country's greatness. And we take them all over the United States, show them some of the beautiful places that we have here uh, Colorado, the Pikes Peak area, Colorado National Monument, Grand Canyon, Arches National Park, the Redwoods in California. And we take them on this journey, but we don't stop at our natural resources and our natural beauty. We go and try to find why is America great, not just because of our resources, but because of God. So then we go to Washington, D.C., and we go to Baltimore, and we tell the story of why America is great. And that's because of our foundation upon God. To get this video series, it's brand new. All you have to do is make a gift of any amount to Ingrace, and then you will receive the Secret to America's Greatness, either by DVD or digital download. Now, if your gift can be $35 or more, more people will hear about Jesus, and we're going to send you two more powerful video series. One is America's Christian History, Did God Intervene?, where we take you to a really neat place in South Carolina, Kings Mountain, and we tell you the story of the real king of Kings Mountain, a turning point in the Revolutionary War. 
That's one of those stories you will not hear on the History Channel, but we tell it here on In Grace. And then the other part of that video series is done in Philadelphia, Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell, Valley Forge, and we tell you the story of America's Christian history. And then the second video series I'd like to send to you if your gift is $35 or more is Can You Find God in Washington, D.C.? as we're playing that today for you. So you want to get all three of these important video series. All of them are exciting, they're fun, they're educational, and they'll reinforce this idea that God was directly involved in the founding of our country. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Brother Phipps, this is a beautiful city because of the layout. Someone had designed this very well. Yes, a Frenchman by the name of La Enfant put this into the proper perspective. Actually, Washington, D.C. and the Constitution is put in the radius of eight miles. As we think about this beautiful area, we face then the Washington Monument. And uh, of course, you know, uh, this is such uh, a, a central part. Everybody recognizes this obelisk that goes up about 855 feet. and. You said that nothing can be built taller than that. Nothing can be built taller than that in the city. So you're not going to have 25-story buildings in Washington, D.C. The design of this monument here, of course, to our first president, who was in the hearts of his countrymen, George Washington, what an individual. Uh, He believed God. He trusted God. He he admonished the nations to... uh, trust God. He was a a very central person, obviously the very first president, and in that respect, never accepted the title of king or nothing like that. He had, uh, his career had been a surveyor and then just serving his country as the leader in the American Revolution, and then unanimously, unanimously being chosen to be our first president. Wow. You know, Pastor, at the Battle of Trenton there, when uh, he crossed the Delaware there on on Christmas Eve, by a miracle of God, a fog came in and just at the right time and kept their identity hidden. And that's happened on a number of occasions where you see, it it just seems like it has to be God's providence that he wanted this nation founded. Right. This nation has been, for many years, a light to the world. Right. It has been a place of freedom, and we've been able to promote freedom. And in that, we've been able to promote the Lord God, Jesus right. Christ, missions. It all really comes back down to this nation's founding. Well, you know, the Bible tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we're also reminded in Holy Scripture that blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, we're told that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And so I believe Christianity can exist without America, but I don't believe that America will make it without Christianity. You know, the church grew out of adversity and they scattered abroad whenever we're preaching the word. And our nation came here, this little fledgling nation, 
we didn't have really a chance against the greatest empire, the, the British fleet, the sun never sets on it, was the motto of that time. But God, but God in his mercy granted us victory. And because that servants like George Washington here, where we are today, Pastor, what a great moment in our history and legacy. And I hope that we keep their memories alive. Jefferson was no doubt a genius. Uh, I often think of the story that John Kennedy said when he had a reception in the White House, Pastor, and there were very distinguished guests there, literary figures, people from all walks of life. And he said, never has there been so much talent assembled in the White House since Jefferson dined alone. <laughs> and no doubt about it, Jefferson had, he was very eloquent, with words. He didn't think he was a very good speaker, and uh, he didn't want to give the State of the Union in person. That wasn't resumed until Woodrow Wilson, hmm. but he would write a letter. And of course, he, in all of his achievements, he designed his own home at Monticello, the University of Virginia, and uh, of course, being the first Secretary of State, second Vice President, third President, the thing that he wanted to be remembered for was the author of the Declaration of Independence. Wow. Jefferson was only 34 when he wrote this great uh, declaration, and it was so eloquent and so far advanced for his time period. He started off by saying, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect for the opinions of mankind requires that they declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Hmm. That was the first paragraph. Hmm. Paragraph two says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. He said, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free, it expects what never was and never will be. Thomas Jefferson helped with, of course, securing uh, the French's help for America, also right. helped uh, stop us having to pay tribute to basically the, pirates. Yeah, right? bar, bar, the Barbary pirates is who yeah. it was. And then, and, but the, you were just saying that sometimes you have to meet force with force. We do, uh, simply because uh, that's the only thing uh, that nations uh, respect. And uh, I think it was Reagan that said trust but verify when he was talking about the arsenal of weaponry that uh, the Soviet Union had. And he wanted to make sure that we didn't get into agreements that would be inimical to our interests. For example, when Naval Chamberlain at the end of the 30s came home to Great Britain waving a paper saying that we have peace in our time, really it became known as the paper of appeasement. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hitler got up at the at the 
Reichstag, the legislature there in Germany, made fun of it, laughed hilariously, uh, and began to overrun nations like Poland, Czechoslovakia. He named them one by one. And obviously, Mr. Chamberlain was made to look very silly in his decision-making. And uh, I think today that we have to keep that in mind that uh, nations only respect nations that are strong and free and resolute, nations that are not going to give up our essential liberties. As Franklin said, those who give up permanent liberties for temporary security deserve neither liberty nor security. Are you concerned about the direction of America? Do you want to understand the secrets behind America's greatness? In Grace's series, The Secret to America's Greatness is just what you need. This video series offers insight into America's founding principles. Travel with Jim Scudder Jr. and his grandkids as he rediscovers America's founding principles and passes it on to the next generation. Traveling from coast to coast, he will explore the rich history and values that have shaped our great nation. You can get this series as a thank you when you give any amount to Ingrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Can You Find God in Washington, D.C.? and Is America a Christian Nation? These videos explore the spiritual foundations of our nation and offer hope for our future. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to learn about America's rich history and spiritual heritage. To support Ingrace's mission and reach more people with the gospel, visit ingraceradio.com or call 800-78-GRACE. You can also write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's ingraceradio.com or 800-78-GRACE. In the Jefferson Memorial, we have some of his quotes. Right. I'm gonna say almost every founding father knew the Bible, knew right. the principles of the right. Bible, and had great respect for it. And here is another example etched in our history. I mean, one day do you think they'll take this down? I hope not. I hope not. When it says God who gave us life, gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed the conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. Commerce between master and slave is despotism. Nothing is more certainly written in the book of fate than that these people are to be free. Establish the law for educating the common people. This, it is the business of the state to effect and on a general plan. You know, when you think about pastor, that he said the God who gave us liberty, who gave us life. That's why I think that we need to defend the principle of life. I believe that life is sacred. I believe that he knew us when we were in our mother's womb, when our parts were yet not formed. And so God gave us life. We, uh, it didn't come from the government. If the government could have given us our rights, the government could take them away. But they're God-given rights. That's why we must do everything we can to defend those principles. These are the cornerstones of this country. Right. And people that are trying to act like, well, you know, there's no place for God, anywhere in the public sphere, they're missing it. Now, Thomas Jefferson, in another quote, was talking about the, the freedom that we have in this country to believe or not believe. Right. And, and that's a beautiful thing that we have here. People have the freedom to, 
to not have any faith or any religion at all. And we fight for that freedom too. And you know, when he uh, wrote that letter to the Danbury uh, Baptist in Connecticut, January the 1st, 1801, and he said, there's a wall of separation, a wall of separation of church and state. Nowhere in the constitution can you find the words separation of church and state, it's not there. What Jefferson was merely saying that church people our freedom of religion should not be hindered by the state trying to set the dictates or the doctrine for the state. You know, men at that time that had to get licenses to preach. Earlier on, people like Obadiah Holmes was beaten uh, at the state for not having a license. Back in the early period of time, uh, John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, was uh, incarcerated. The judge said, I'll let you go. You've got a blind daughter. And uh, he said, if you'll disagree not to, uh, agree not to preach anymore. John Bunyan said, no, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you let me out, I'll be on the streets of London preaching. And so that resolution, that dedication to the Bible, you know, we, uh, all of them, the apostles, maybe except one, died a martyr's death. And we have a big problem in our country, and that is uh, in our government schools, our children are being indoctrinated with godless philosophies. Right. Secularism, uh, the idea of there are no absolutes. Moral relativism, that if you like something, it's okay. You, can you believe that and earlier on when we had men like Noah Webster and the great educator, they taught people to read out of the Basom Reader, uh, the New England Primer, and, and the readings went like, in the letter A, we send all, C, Christ crucified for sinners died. Later, we went to the philosophy of John Dewey, and John Dewey said, man doesn't have a soul. There is no God, and we've seen what's happened. And that's why I like the 10 commandments. Six of those commandments deal with man's relationship to man. And you know, the irony is, the Supreme Court ruled in, in one of its utter dictums that could not allow Bible reading or whatever in school because of the Ten Commandments, because the students might read them, obey them, and venerate them. I guess they thought that children reading not to steal, not to bear false witness, that that might be injurious to them. How ludicrous. And we've gone so far from interpreting the laws. We went to that Hegel philosophy in Germany where it's positive legalism, and now even when we nominate what we think are strict constructionists. Many of them are in compliance with the idea that if it's acceptable by the society, then that makes it okay. Our founding fathers ruled according to what was said in the Constitution. And could they make it applicable to modern day rulings? Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president, his son Robert, who was quite a railroad entrepreneur and really the surviving son, Abraham Lincoln really ended up not having uh, very few uh, relatives, grandchildren or anything like that. But uh, he had suffered great tragedy, he lost two sons while he was at the White House. His mother died when he was seven years old. He was born in Kentucky came to live in Indiana in his uh, formative years, and then uh, young adolescence, we'd say, and then he went to Illinois, the land of Lincoln. And uh, 
Lincoln was no doubt a genius. For example, when he gave the Gettysburg Address, it only had 267 words in it. But uh, a gentleman by the name of Edward Everett, who was also from Illinois, gave a two-hour oration. Later, he remarked that he wished that he could have captured the essence of what Lincoln did in his maybe three-minute address or less. And you know, when he concluded that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. What a statement. Oh. You know, he wanted to govern his last uh, uh, State of the Union. He said, with malice towards none and charity for all. Lincoln believed in the Bible. Mm -hmm. he, he talked about that it was the most precious book that had ever been given to man. And although he had to deal with some depression and his wife had some issues and he suffered greatly. You know, the presidency, other than one term serving in the, the House of Representatives is all the political uh, uh, victories that he'd ever had. So he came to power when the states were rebelling and seceding and, uh, but historians put him usually right behind Washington in terms of being a favorite president. What a wonderful individual. I, it's, uh, it's amazing when we think about his contribution. I really believe that, I think we'll find out that Lincoln was a Christian. I believe that. I know well, there have been books written about it. Right. A lot of people look at his life and say, they see a, a transition from, in, when he was a young man, he almost was an atheist in, right. in many ways. But the, the longer he lived, I think the more he saw God and the more that he understood about the Lord Jesus. Right. This is one of the most beautiful memorials in all of Washington, D.C. Yeah. Can you imagine making that decision that he had to make to, even though he knew there, there would be war, there would be brothers fighting brothers. Right. But to, to sign the Emancipation Proclamation to say we all are created equal. Right. We should not have this right. institution that had been around for centuries called slavery. Right. The boldness of that move. Right. And you know, it, it took the focus from being simply a war to preserve the Union to a war of emancipation, a war of freedom. I really believe that Lincoln thought that people were created equal. Now, he had to deal with this issue, which was so prevalent at the time, but he also made the statement, and it was very prophetic. He said, a house divided against itself shall not stand. And uh, I think he saw the baneful and the harmful effects of what slavery would be. But after the Battle of Antietam, he declared that our focus would be to free the slaves. And um, no doubt, probably well ahead of his time in so many respects. And for a man to be of limited education, not to be considered erudite and scholarly, what beautiful poetic prose, so to speak, you might call it, that he was able to state that we could still remember much, many of his, his sayings, which are inscribed right here in this beautiful memorial. And you know what I love about this? We have these monuments that are fixed in our nation. Our nation is drifting but these monuments are fixed with so many references to God, to faith, to the scriptures. And he said, if you give the people the facts, he said, our republic will be saved. And I believe that uh, if we can get people educated, you know, our job is to educate, is to advocate, and also 
to participate. Mm -hmm. We've got to participate. We've got to do our duty. Uh, To do anything less, I think, would be sinful. We will continue this amazing journey next time. But before we go, let me ask you if you have found God in your life. He loves you enough to create you. Even more, he died for your sins on a cross. He rose again the third day and is now offering you everlasting life as a gift. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Please put your trust in Jesus alone as your personal savior. And when you do, you will have found God in your life once and for all. Rediscover America's founding principles with Jim Scudder Jr. as he embarks on a cross-country journey in In Grace's new video series, The Secret to America's Greatness. Give any amount to In Grace and receive this series. When you support In Grace's mission to spread the gospel with a gift of $35 or more, Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.